From my perspective as the founder of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, Age Lab, a research organization devoted to studying the intersection of aging and business, it's the mystery. Happily, I'm here to report there is an answer. It's so simple that it almost defies belief. Old age is made up. That doesn't mean I think arthritis is imaginary or that we can will ourselves to live forever. Rather, the meaning of old, whether you're talking about the life stage, the senior population, or even your conception of self, is what academics would call socially constructed. And everyone else might call a mass delusion or a story that no one realizes is fictional. Certain bits of our current idea of old age are grounded in biology, but most of it was invented by human beings for short-term human purposes over the past century and a half. Today, we're stuck with a notion of oldness that is so utterly at odds with reality that it has become dangerous. It constrains what we can do as we age, which is deeply troubling, considering that the future of our older world will naturally hinge on the actions of the older people in it. It also distracts companies from serving the true needs of aging consumers, an already staggeringly powerful group that is growing larger, wealthier, and more demanding with every passing day. The setup. The world is growing older for three reasons, the most obvious of which is the fact that people are simply living longer. The story of the United States resembles that of most high-income nations. The majority of American babies born in 1900 could not expect to see their 50th birthday. As of 2015, life expectancy in the United States had reached 79 years. Even larger gains have unfolded in Western Europe, East Asia, and elsewhere. Of major economies, Japan leads the world with a life expectancy of 84 years. It's followed closely by Spain, Switzerland, Italy, and Singapore. Nipping at their heels are most other Western and Southern European countries, as well as standouts elsewhere in the world, such as South Korea, Chile, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and Israel. If I were teaching this information to my graduate students, some Weisenheimer in the back of the room would have chimed in by now, what about childhood mortality? It's true. The biggest component of the post-1900 life expectancy bump is due to the fact that far more of us survive childhood than we did over a century ago, particularly the gauntlet of diseases that threaten kids from birth to age five. However, it would be woefully incorrect to say that all of our life expectancy gains are due to diminished child mortality. For one thing, We've also cut back on deaths for people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. A 30-year-old American man in 1900, for instance, was six times more likely to die within a year than a 30-year-old man is today. And a 30-year-old woman was 12 and a half times more likely to die within a year. As a result of things like public health measures, indoor plumbing, a lack of world wars, knock wood, 
modern medicine, antibiotics, safer workplaces, and a big one, safer childbirth, far more of us are reaching 65 than ever before. And the gains don't stop there, because those who make it to 65 now get to stick around for longer. In 1900, a 65-year-old woman in the United States could expect to live to 78, 76 for men. Today, these figures have reached 85.5 and 82.9, respectively. That is to say, over a century's worth of scientific and economic progress has bought those of us who make it to 65 an extra seven years. And that's just the United States. In Japan, the average 65-year-old woman can expect to reach age 89. That's right. It's now utterly unremarkable.